Uh, okay, uh, I have to go for a Bible study very, very soon. So let's make this a very quick one. We're looking at Psalm 74. Psalm 74, can you see it? Psalm 74 over here. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, please guide my thoughts. Help us to hear your voice in your word in Psalm 74. Help us to pray this psalm, uh, crying out for your salvation, your blessing in Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 74. A muscle of Asaph. Why have you rejected us forever, O God? Why does your anger smolder, burn against the sheep of your pasture? Remember the people you purchased of old, the tribe of your inheritance, whom you redeemed, Mount Zion, where you dwelt. He says, remember us. You know, God, remember you saved us, we are your people. And he seemed to be saying, God, you seem to have forgotten us, hence remember, hence rejected. Why, is he, why are they saying this? Verse 3, turn your steps towards these everlasting ruins. All this destruction the enemy has brought on the sanctuary. So uh, apparently there's a situation whereby the sanctuary, their temple, think of your church, destroyed. It's all become ruins, it says. And it's been ruined, it's been destroyed by the enemy. Maybe that's why they're saying, God, have you forgotten us? <laughs> You've allowed all this destruction to happen. Hmm? Look at this, look at this. Yeah. Okay, verse 4. Your foes roared in a place where you met with us. They set up their standards as signs. They behave like men wielding axes. Building axes. Uh, they, to cut through the thicket of trees. So they just destroy everything in their path, except this... The thing that you've just destroyed is the temple. Uh, they smashed all the cart paneling with their axes and hatches. They burned your sanctuary, your temple, to the ground. So all gone. Uh, they defiled the dwelling place of your name. Notice it's your sanctuary, your name. They're trying to not just say, oh, they've destroyed our temple. They said, no, God, it's your temple. They destroyed. So God, do something about this because they are your enemies, you know, your foes. It says there, verse 4. Uh, verse 8, they said in their hearts, we will crush them completely. They're so, so arrogant, they're trying to say. They burned every place where God was worshipped in the land. They're trying to extinguish your name amongst your people. Uh, we are given no miraculous signs, no prophets are left, and none of us know how long this will be. And it's kind of like an indirect way of saying, you know, God, how long will you let this happen? Indirectly, they're saying, you know, how long? No, this seems to be quite a bad situation. I wonder, hmm, how long will this such a situation happen? <laughs> a very passive way of saying, you know, how long will you let this happen, O God? Verse 10, how long will the enemy mock you, O God? And will the foe revile your name forever? There's a kind of directness of this sound, speaking to God, you know, this is, this is them saying, you know, God, we're concerned about your name. We're concerned about your salvation, you know, God. Will you let these people get away with this evil forever? Uh, verse 11, why do you hold back your hand, your right hand? Take it from the fold of your garment. Take it out of your pocket. Take it out and destroy them. A cry for judgment. Let's pause there. Pause there for a moment. And I think it is just so ironic. I don't, I don't maybe I'm just feeling very skeptical. But you know, what would it take for your whole church to pray this prayer? 
your whole Bible study group to go, hey, you know, why don't we all pray today during Bible study for God to do something in our church? What would it take? It might not take a big blessing, but a tremendous judgment. Ironically, ironically, you know, here are God's people praying for God's power, goodness, salvation when they've all experienced this destruction. And that's the ironic thing. You know, what it might take for God's people to pray to Him is for God to remove that blessing, for God to allow them to experience a period of prolonged suffering and judgment and emptiness and darkness. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that, that's, that's, that's the situation whereby they're now going, God, 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 do something about the situation. Uh, even, you know, I, the, the thing that I noticed, verse 9, no prophets are left. You know, imagine all your pastors are gone. Usually it's the pastor who's saying this to you, right? They're saying, hey, you need to take God seriously. Imagine one day all the pastors were all gone, all got killed. And maybe then you go, oh yeah, maybe I should take God seriously. <laughs> so it's kind of like a warning to all the pastors. What would it take for your flock, for your people to suddenly pray and take Jesus seriously? Maybe it might take you being judged and removed from their lives. And so God has a very funny, interesting, ironic way of causing faith to grow in our lives. Even judgment, you know, even darkness to bring about that light of realization that God's salvation is real. It's real. Okay, let's pick up verse 12. But you, O God, are my king from of old. There you go, this expression of faith. Suddenly, they're so trusting in God. You bring salvation upon the earth. It was you who split open the sea by your power. You broke the heads of the monster in the waters. It was you who crushed the heads of Leviathan, this monster. God went, you know, God can do anything. God is God. God can destroy all these monsters, you know, Godzilla. <laughs> Some kind of, whatever power or evil, God can destroy it. And here is that expression again of that faith. You know, I know God can do this, they say, so confidently. So they said, gave him as food to the creatures of the desert. Verse 15, it was you who opened up the springs and the streams. You dried up the ever-flowing rivers. Now, the thing to notice about this is that these are all kind of specific acts of God in salvation. It's not just random. You know, the mention of the splitting open of the sea, you know, that's, that's Moses splitting the sea. This is, these are all picture languages of the Exodus, God saving his people from Egypt. And in other words, they're remembering uh, their Bible study. You know, they're remembering the Bible study they had from Exodus. You know, God, last time he really saved his people. And then, you know, why, why not we pray for God to do the same thing now? You saved us then, save us now. And it's, again, to kind of say that all these Bible studies that maybe you took for granted in the past, you know, yeah, you went to Sunday school and you learned about Moses and Exodus. Maybe the times when it kindly comes to your mind and you go, God, do this amazing act in my life again. It's the time when you really need God's help. When you're really crying out for help, when you're really in that dark place and you go, hey, you know, didn't my Sunday school teacher teach me that God is able to save? And then you pray, God, please save me. You know, verse 16, the day is yours, yours also is the night you establish the sun and moon. 
So here it's no longer salvation, but creation. You remember Genesis chapter 1, you know, God creating the sun and the moon. It was you who set all the boundaries of the earth you made, both summer and winter. So suddenly all the Sunday school lessons come back to your mind when you suddenly do business with God. God, you are God, you are powerful, only you can save me from that situation. Again, ironic, isn't it? What would it take for us to remember all those lessons, all those truths from the Bible? It takes a personal experience of loss, a personal cry for God's help for us to remember that God really did do all these things in the Bible. Okay, okay, let's, let's finish this. Verse 18, Remember how the enemy has mocked you, O Lord, how foolish people have reviled your name. Do not hand over the life of your dove to wild beasts. Do not forget the lives of your afflicted people forever. And the key thing here, here is remember. <laughs> not that I have to remember the lessons, but God, remember. Do not forget. <laughs> they are reminding God of all the things that they've learned about God. Isn't that interesting? It's like, you know, it's like, God, don't you remember you did these things in your word? And actually, sometimes, sometimes, that act reminds us of what God has done. It isn't until you have to speak these lessons as prayer. Now, where are you? Yes, you're reminding God, but in essence, this act of prayer is reminding you of what God has done in your life. Um, verse 20, have regard for your covenant because haunts of violence fill the dark places of the land. Do not let the oppressed retreat in disgrace. May the poor and needy praise your name. Rise up, O God, and defend your cause. Remember how fools mock you all day long. And this is probably describing how this is still happening. All day long, this mocking, this oppression is still happening. And it's in the midst of those voices are mocking you. Hey, you idiot for trusting in you, in God. Hey, don't you see that we've overpowered you? We've won, you've lost. When you hear that taunt and that kind of like anger rises in you, what do you do? You pray to God, rise up, O God, and defend your cause. Verse 23, do not ignore the clamor of your adversaries, the uproar of your enemies, which rises continually. Again, that word, continually all day long you know, maybe today today was a day when all you heard was cursing of god all your experience was you know oppression as god's people and you know maybe the reason why god has put you through that very stressful and very maybe even discouraging situation is so that you will pray this prayer so that you fall on your knees you pour out your heart to god and say god it's not about me it's about your honor your worship your name God, please save your people and do everything you did in your promises. Do it all again in Jesus' name. Yep, so that's Psalm 74. You know, it's a convicting prayer. You know, what would God need to do to cause his people to do business with him, to cry out to him, to call for his salvation? It's to help them to see that we are in a world that needs, needs God's salvation, that needs Christ. So let's pray this prayer. You know, Heavenly Father, we pray to you to do everything that your word promises, that you'll bring about judgment, that you'll bring about salvation, but all through the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name.